G'day, g'day. Welcome to AF Eloquence, the show where we are eloquent AF about all things football. Well, some things football. We try and be eloquent as fuck about all things football. Um, my name's Emil, and uh, yeah, I'm your co-host as, of course, is... Barbells, no, what up? Let's What's do another on? intro. Hey, that was hey, terrible. Look, it's tough. We're on Skype. I'm going to keep it real because, you know, 2020 is a real year, merely. True. I, I, I thought about it last week. Um, it is, of course, Thursday the 23rd of July at 1.40 and we've got a game on our hands. But we are doing this still via Skype in this we lockdown are. world and shit's tough. And oh, it's it, hard. But <laughs> not everything we, goes to plan either. You know, you, you try something and yeah. it, just circumstances mean it doesn't work out. Right. You know, you're I, tried on a, the I tried a new different intro and... You know, it felt, didn't feel quite right to me. Well, I was on board. I was on board with you. And then when it got to a point where it was like, oh, I'm going to have to jump in somewhere. And then Skype does its thing. Yeah, no, I was I was on board with it too until I realized I didn't say my last name. And then also I was about to do my intro that I do for the other podcast I make, which is a live play Dungeons and Dragons kind of narrative adventure. Because um, we're cool people. So that wouldn't have made any sense whatsoever. Yeah, you were getting into the role play of things. You were, yeah. You were shaping some narratives and then oh, it all came crumbling down. Just crumbling down. I mean, it's appropriate that I introduce myself in a D&D sense though because this week I bow down to your wisdom, but well, last week you may not have known anything about football, but I have a feeling it was a slightly different story this week. That's right. Last week, the top of my notes was I know nothing about football because I got a lot of tips wrong. I think I got three out of nine. I think. I know I got three out of nine. And this week, Emil, I know a lot about footy. Mr. Mister Nine Out of Nine, call me. The one true king. The tipster. Oh. Yes, I did. I did uh, finally have a good week on the tipping and got all of them right, which is a pretty rare feat, even for, uh, you know, big footy fans like us, merely, who... People who, who have their own what, footy podcast yeah. and talk eloquently AF about football. That's right. And even including their intro. Still <laughs> still rarely at nine. Oh, yeah, I got seven. I was pretty happy with that. It's a good um, effort. Yeah. Especially when there was a couple of them that were real... Could have gone either way, but uh, that, that's coming oh, well, up. Um, what, let's, <laughs> let's talk about the Saints first of all. Let's get that out of the way. It's the good news story uh, for yeah. us for this week, especially. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I enjoyed that game quite a lot. Um, Adelaide came out pretty strong, played better footy than they have for a lot of the year. And you know what? I have a little sneaky suspicion that the noise of affirmation, the roar of the crowd, it's gonna, it's, that would have had a big impact, it felt, on that game. And I reckon it might have for the rest of the season. We might have missed it last week, hey. I know we've talked about home ground advantage in this topsy-turvy season and it's, uh, you know, you might not have as much advantage as you had in the past, but I think that that noise, that noise of affirmation, it's a very real thing when you've got, you know, 90% of the crowd is uh, in favour of one team and they are yelling and are screaming at you to make a call. Hey, there, were 25, un- there were 25,000 people there, right? Yes. And, and 250 of them were Saints? That's correct. Hundred to so, one. So it's really it's ninety nine percent of the fans there. Really, there isn't we it? go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. I was being generous, and uh, <laughs> but I could have even gone further. And maybe merely, maybe that that amount of noise from one side um, might create the umpires to do something like I don't know. Give six out of Adelaide's eight goals were from free kicks in the hey, forward fifty. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold maybe. on a second there. You're not. You're not. You're not. <laughs> you're not claiming that uh, uh, twenty four thousand. 750, 750 rabid screaming <laughs> eager Crows fans who had been missing out on footy and whose team's been playing crap when they started to get rolling. You're saying that the roar of that crowd affected the umpires who, who want to be loved by that crowd? I don't, I don't know why I got into the arts and, and working in front of a crowd and that's just, just for the affirmation of that said audience. I just want their applause and their laughter and their love. And you know what? I, I feel like the umpires might be, might be similar. All that umpires really want is to be loved and to be told that they are valuable, to be seen and to be held, Emil. And Ooh. let me tell you, I wanted to hold the umpires around the uh. neck last week <laughs> because it was pretty, pretty tough. And I know ragging umpires isn't, isn't actually, it's not that great. And Adelaide had some shockers. And I think we were all aware if we watch football that it's a bit confusing at the moment. And yeah, look, it's not too much of a great topic of conversation, is it? But it was a pretty wild one on the weekend, that game for sure. And I guess you get uh, vindicated as a fan like I am when Hayden Kennedy, the umpire's boss, came out and um, called Brett Ratton and had a chat to Saints and the Crows saying that there was some some 
some bad Weird. calls and yeah. some poor, some poor mistakes. Both both sides. Like obviously they got the better end of it. It was twenty nine to nineteen, but they had some shockers as well. So it just sure. thinks that their six out of their eight goals were from free kicks. So it very much <laughs> helped them. Big old Tex Walker, who I reckon I could push over and beat in a fight these days with how it easy he seems like down. it doesn't. And I am <laughs> a skinny down. boy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, mate, it was dude. Uh, I tipped us just last week. Yeah. And I know you were like, "Come on, get it together." And so are some people, but it was—it's a scary one. We haven't—we hadn't won there, as it's well publicised. Uh, but uh, it was good to get the win, and maybe it was just one of those tough wins that the, the better sides just have to have. Doesn't matter how you win. We won away from home. We've got a terrible interstate record, and now it does take some of the pressure off the Saints for next weekend or this weekend. Pardon me. In a two days' time, when we play Port Adelaide, top of the ladder, Port. In it's, Adelaide, which will be a very tough game. It's good hard. to win ugly, isn't it? Even yeah, you know, if you're going to win, if you're going to play ugly, at least at least you can win. Um, and you know, the Saints were great in the first quarter. Uh, Adelaide really came back, and you could see the, you could hear and feel the crowd getting behind them, and they did get some calls at, at, at that those kind of important times go their way. And not saying the Saints didn't later or whatever, but there were certain momentum kind of calls that really uh, I could feel your. Anger and frustration uh, through the through the distance and um, through the telly, I reckon, but through our, our joint KO account, I could feel it. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is that's it. You're right. It's the team. It's the it's the win they needed to have. It's the team they needed to beat. And good on Brett Ratton for coaching from the boundary, uh, which I he, I think we I mean we don't I know we talked about this earlier. He hasn't done that this year, and I noticed at the time I wasn't sure that he hadn't done it this year, but I noticed at the time I was really impressed by that as a you know, um, leadership move. It's the first time that they played in front of a big crowd like that since round one. It's the first time where they've got a really good chance to win at Adelaide Oval, but yet it's like a real danger game because Adelaide are going to come out real hard. It's it's their game at home. They haven't had a win yet and Saints can be shaky. As Absolutely. you know, I'm not sure if you realise this, but the Saints can be a little shaky. <laughs> That's going to be the uh, hot take from this week. The Saints can be shaky. Um, yeah, that's right, bud. And when when they started getting some momentum and particularly getting Tex Walker into the game, you know, he is a player that, that you don't want to involve because he does, in you know, he's the next captain and say whatever you like about him, but he does inspire their team when they're doing well. Um, so when he was getting some, starting to get involved, it was, yeah, there was some nerves for sure. But, you know, it, there was some resolve, I think, and a steely resolve to just kind of get the job done and... A Jack Steely resolve? A Jack Steely resolve, <laughs> yeah. Look, we may have shared a couple of Jacks last year, Jack Nunes and Jack Steven, but I think we've kept the the main Jack that, that we really need, the, uh, the Jack in the box. But also, you can play him in the box as a tagger, but you can play him out of the square as well because you can play as a full forward. You can play him on the Jack in the wing, <laughs> pretty much anywhere. Superman, the man of steel? It's pretty good, dude. We've also got Hunter Clark. He, got Clark. Well, he had, Steel had a really good... That's his best game I've seen him play, I think. Yeah, he's amazing. He's, um, yeah, but some, I think he's 26 touches, 13 clearances, maybe six, seven tackles, a classy goal on the left on his non-preferred. He yep. can, And also, you, we know him as a tagger more. Or I guess the, foot, the general public would know him. Well, they probably wouldn't know him because he's not the Well, the way he's talked player, about but. is as a tagger, but I think he's, well, on this weekend's game, and I think actually he's more of a head-to-head player. You just play him head-to-head. Right. And he, he does do defensive running and, and plays defensively, but all midfielders should do that. It's probably, they'd probably call him a tagger because not that many midfielders take yeah, uh, responsibility for another man. That's right, exactly. See, and that's where he's nearly even, you know, argu- arguably a better player than some of these other premium mids because he does have such a good good defensive side to his game. Um, and in the past, he's been put on players like, you know, we've, he's, we've had some great battles between our clubs with Steele and Cripps. They go head-to-head. And I just think the difference with him is he's not like he... He doesn't just keep their the opposition's best player to a low amount of disposals. He he also wins his own football, makes everyone around him better, cracks in hard and, and can score. So he had a really good game. He's coming second in the coaches' votes votes now to Lockie Neal, which is nearly a, a nearly a more important uh or realistic measure than than maybe than potentially the Brownlow. If the coaches are voting on the day each day what they think from up in the box. That's a that's a pretty good one. So Neil's well in front. I think he's about nine votes ahead of Jack Steele, and then Kristen Petrarca, who is also a player who's coming on, my friend. 
Well, that I think technically makes Mark Murphy a better footballer than Dustin Martin because I don't think Dustin Martin's ever won the... No, he has won the Coach's Award. Sorry. Uh, right. He must have I'll, won it in that 20. He must have. Who else would have won it? All right, I'll backtrack. Uh, it makes... <laughs> well, that makes Mark Murphy a better player, arguably, than Trent Cochin, who's never won the Coach's Association uh, Award. However, Mark Murphy has. I'll take um, it. Obviously, the brown is meaningless now. Uh, it's all it about is. the coach. That, that AFL-CA Mid- award. Ah, it's a midfielder's medal, mate. Yeah, it yeah. Is. We want the AFL. Yeah, that's right. You hang the, uh, what is it? The molly around your neck. That's the one. <laughs> Screw the Charlie, buddy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, gee, it was exciting, man. It was awesome to get that dub. I feel, you know, happy to, to, to break the hoodoo, the hoodoo guru. And we now move on to... Let's just put it this way. Let's just say this. I feel your pain. I feel you. And welcome to the club. Welcome to the uh, Robert, Robert Gray uh, burnt club. The roller coaster <laughs> ride. Yeah. Welcome to the group that has been burnt by Robbie Gray in a clutch uh, moment. Uh, how about yeah. that, Mel? Uh, Talk me through the Carlton and Port game. So exhale. exciting. <laughs> so exciting. And then the uh, face, watching Emil oh, on this guy, uh, face yeah. on screen here, just like rub his face and sigh. It's, uh, it's pretty good, folks. Yeah. Shouldn't be doing that with COVID on, but the Blues will make me do it. Um, <laughs> God, it was an exciting game to watch. I loved it. I really loved watching it. Um, it was around. super tough. Those first, um, first 10 minutes where they rattled off you know, three reasonably quick goals before we responded. That sent the sent the the red flags up. That's that that started ringing the warning bells in my head. Um, but the way we came back, and then to be frank, kind of dominated a massive part of the game. Um, yeah, that was that was that was really encouraging, really enjoyable. Uh, but you know, they responded beautifully to as a as a mature. You know, mature um, contending team should. They responded really, really well to what was working for us, um, and they stopped. They, they they started. They stopped letting us get marks down the line, and and I think because we were in a position we're not used to, which is being up against a, a good side. I think we got a little bit cautious and stopped taking on the corridor, and that's you know that's totally. Um, that's credit to their pressure downfield and, and, and they're running off each other and, and, and working as a team defense. But also we have been able to pick our way through that um, this season in particular, whereas we didn't, um, apart from the fast break towards the end when they sorted out their uh, defense and, and that we weren't able to move the ball either through the corridor or down the line. So um, it felt inevitable um, that they would come back and, I still felt pretty confident when Mackay kicked that goal with, you know, uh, five minutes to go or something, put a seven points up. But he then good. he oh, was really good. Mackay yeah. was really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just n- not having that person stand up, not having that person take responsibility for clearing the ball from the half back line. That was incredibly frustrating to watch. We just don't quite have that maturity yet where we can. Uh, know how to ice those games. And I think that's one of the classic things they say about uh, up-and-coming teams is that there'll be some close ones you lose just because you're not uh, drilled at when the, the the pressure's on, when you're feeling the adrenaline, but when you're really tired, you're not drilled on how to work your way through that and hold on to a slender lead. And that was really telling, I thought. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what? To lose to the best team in the comp at the moment by a kick after the siren and they have the most dominant forward in the game who just looks unstoppable in Charlie Dixon when he's up and firing and you guys did a great job you know um what's his name was on Jonesy. Jones was on him wasn't yeah it? but then it was there was a time there it was like do you swap him around now for Weeders Weedering was doing well it was um yeah look there's no love lost is there for the Blues no, no um, and in fact a lot of people would have watched them for the first time in that game and and been really excited by that, which is and it was, it yeah. was a cracker, dude. I um I I I, <laughs> I was watching and I was so nervous for just everyone really for the game, uh, just for the stakes and and when he mark when Robbie Gray marked it of all people on that uh, on that yeah. spot, I was just my feeling heart a bit dropped. Giddy. I, just, I just knew, I just you, knew. You do know, don't you? You can yeah. feel it as a fan. You're like, here it goes. And I was, I felt for you as well. And we were texting, you know, through this and then. The moment he kicked it, merely, I just burst out laughing. 
I just, I'm sorry, but I just burst out laughing because I'm like, of course he kicks it. I was just so nervous and I just laughed like ridiculous. They're just, they're just those moments. Like same, same thing with when, when Robbie Gray, when Paddy Ryder tapped to Robbie Gray a couple oh, yeah. of years ago and, and sunk us on the siren and it was an amazing bit of play. I just watched it kind of gobsmacked and just was shaking my head and going, oh, that's, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was. Yeah. I, I, on the on the Charlie Dixon-Liam Jones matchup, because that did get a lot of coverage um, in the broadcast in that, you know, what, what are they doing? Charlie Dixon's looking dominant. They've got to switch up the match. I totally get that point of view. But to Liam Jones's credit, he got beaten early in the one-on-ones with Charlie Dixon. Uh, but for the second and third quarters, I thought he uh, outplayed Charlie Dixon in a lot of those one-on-ones and, and won a lot of the ball himself and took Dixon out of the out of it. But then just towards the end, he was able to get back on top of him. So I appreciate from David Teague the kind of coaching philosophy of, oh, no, if, okay, if you get beaten, let's, we're not going to switch to you directly. We're going to give you another chance to come back and, and win that one-on-one contest. So I, I like yeah. that from a coaching and, point of view. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, that he didn't mark. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> that right. could have been goals as well. He could have kicked eight, but he'd saved a bunch. Yeah, and Jones was playing behind him for a time and couldn't get around him, but then started playing in front. When he was playing in front, he looked heaps better. Um, but it's also not the natural position for Jones to play as a, as a defender. He normally plays, relies on his leap and his quick closing speed and plays you know two or three steps behind and relies on getting a fist in there, which you know for, for the last two or three years, 90, 90% of the time he does. Um, but, you know, Charlie Dixon's going to be a tough matchup for everyone this season. Um, who have you got this week again? Anyway, sorry. That's yeah, a- <laughs> right. I know. I'm <laughs> yeah. hoping that um, Dougal Howard, former Port player, has a few secrets there because he played a good game on the weekend. I don't know if you he saw that goal. Sure he sure did. It was very fun. And he was also fiery. He, he was angry and I liked it a lot. Well, I that one that he got especially fired up at when he was running back uh, with the flight, yes. jumped and spoiled and got a touch on it. He has absolute reason to be aggrieved on that. He didn't did not take make contact with the hands. He got his hands yeah. on the footy. Didn't take his hands off. Didn't take his eyes off the footy. But also, he made contact with the footy um, when it when the other player was trying to mark it. So I, I think it's fair enough that he was aggrieved. I know. I loved it. And it was. It was. Um, I was living vicariously through Dougal Howard as he was yelling at the umpires and <laughs> hooping and hollering at me. Um, well, let's. Yeah, let's hope that. Um, I reckon we will struggle against Charlie Dixon at home in Adelaide on the weekend with all their fans. But he's a dominant forward. He's the best forward in the game. So that's going to happen. Um, and for you guys on the Blues too, yeah, to all of that and to lose by a point. You guys are looking good, dude, for the first time in ages. I loved that game. It was the best game of the weekend for me. Not only that, it was the best game of the weekend, but it looked like a finals game in skills and quality. And... That's so cool to see that now and to see, all right, cool. The, the, our form is, it is stacking up with the best teams. We can be confident going into games that we're going to be right in it. Um, and also, if we were to make finals, we have the kind of footy that ought to um, at least make for good what good good to look at finals and I think hopefully should stack up against some teams. So, hey, optimistic. There we go. Optimistic with a loss. Optimistic with, well, semi-optimistic with a win. You know, you can kind of please us. (laughs) (laughs) In Um, an each way kind of way. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We wanted to cover another couple of the games from the round. We know that uh, there's there's a couple of games. There's a game on um, in Mm. five, five and a half hours. So um, we're not going to spend too much time talking about last week, but uh, I think the Melbourne Hawks game's worth talking about. Uh, Melbourne were fierce. They were fucking fire, man. And they were on from nearly the start of this game. They tore Hawthorne apart. Hawthorne looked nowhere. And part of that is maybe Hawthorne's form slump at the moment, but they weren't that bad. Um, when they got it, it's just they didn't fucking get it. Melbourne monstered them, spread everywhere. They just, they had all of the answers. And God damn, Christian Petraka is the best player to watch in the AFL at the moment. Hasn't he, he's made it. He's really come on. He's talked up the big game. The AFL, self-proclaimed AFL Hall of Famer, Christian Petraka <laughs> is, um, yeah. you know, maybe coming through with the goods now because he's... Chris, yeah, Christian yeah. Petrash talk. Petrasher. <laughs> Yeah, he's um he's amazing. Um, and they absolutely dominated them, didn't they? And do you do you think that's 
What do you think it is, the cause of this little resurgence of Melbourne? Is it is it just them starting to, their game life. together? It's the hub life. It's fucking hub life. And they're loving it? They are loving it, man. They're, they're, I reckon they are they're, they're... Melbourne. They are the team Melbourne, which mm-hmm. is... The, the place you don't want to be right now. And in <laughs> the past, you haven't want to be the team. But So they're out of they're out of their home right now in the hub and they're feeling pretty good. Oh, I reckon, man. I reckon they are. And you look at the profile of the list and there's a reason that they're not going to get as, um, as, as, as whingy weagles about it as, say, West Coast because they don't have the same profile in terms of families and, and kids and stuff. They've got a good, exciting young list. They're you know, get to hang out with Max Gorn every day and Shotgun that's going to be Red good Bulls. for something. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Play with me. <laughs> yeah. I reckon it's, it's that, man. I reckon it's just being able to enjoy a footy again for some reason, not have the expectation, the crushing expectations of living in Melbourne and being a Melbourne supporter and, ha- and being a Melbourne player and, 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 and that. It's changing it up, a bit of a circuit breaker. And because we thought that Melbourne, you know, we've been waiting for this from them for a while and they've had, you know, a couple of false starts over the last decade or so really and in in more recent years you know they got to they got so close in 2018 and then just fumbled last year and we're like why what which one was the anomaly was it 2018 was it 2019 and then beginning of this year we're starting to think yeah it's the anomaly is 2018 the demons are just forever shit and it's it's starting to turn isn't it i I like i enjoy seeing them play good football because as a fellow struggler it's just good to see um I wonder if they can, how far they can maintain it. Are they a little little smoky? Will they have their little run? They've also got a game in the bank still as well, of course, because of the Essendon game. So, you know, they're sitting at... What are they sitting at? They are sitting... They've got three wins and three losses. But they've got a game there. So game they could hand. be theoretically up in the eight right now. Yeah. Well, I reckon this 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 Melbourne second wave is uh, looking the goods to me. I'm 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 I think no one's it's gonna real. F- no one's going to flatten their curve. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, and as for the Hawks, I think I've got a solution. Mm-hmm. Hobart. Send them de- send- Moving to Hobart. I was going to say send them down to Tassie. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean the Homebush Hawks for the last couple of weeks. Let's send them down to Tassie. They, they can be the Hobart Hawks. Uh, absolutely. It's a it's a beautiful landscape for uh, soaring. High the above. Soaring, the yeah. birds for avian uh, life. Um, yeah, I think it suits, man. Blunston Arena down there, it's pretty windy. You could catch drift as a hawk. True. <laughs> Set sail. Um, and also, yeah. there's about 20-odd thousand members in Tasmania who love the hawkers. But I'd like to see those numbers, Emil, as the hawks, you know, rebuild finally or go to the depths of the bottom of the ladder where they're not they're not used to it. And you know what? We don't really kick the boot in much, but gee, it's good to see. <laughs> it's it's because we're all secretly afraid. I think I that know we, we're going to call it too soon, and yeah. we'll sink the boot in and enjoy it, and then shout and fraud will come around, and they'll start to be good again and fucking make finals somehow. This is actually what happens every year. So maybe I should shut my big mouth right now before I do it again. Anyway. Um, should we move on? Uh, one more, one more game from the last round that's worth talking about because we have been on giant watch uh, these last two weeks. Because mm. uh, we've not, cause we're, as big fans of the GWS Footy Club, we've been a bit, mm, bit underwhelmed with them this year. They've not found it, uh, yeah. and given that grand final defeat, you know, maybe it's something to do with that. Maybe it's, maybe it's finally reached a you know peak point of if you lose that many good players over. Four, five, six years. What's the tipping point when your team starts to have needed that talent? You know, um, how many really good players do you need to be challenging if you're the Giants? Yeah, that's it, dude. And 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 also they have been good now for a good five years or so. They made a prelim in 2016. 2016. Right? That's, that's that's a that's a fair bit of football. Um, and it's your window. I'm not saying their window's closed. They only made the grand final last year for the first time, but it starts to get harder. If you're up there for that long and you don't and you don't come home with the dub, it starts to get more difficult. And yes, yeah, they have lost a lot of talent. Like, like we're talking about just before. Excuse me, with uh, Jack Steele, he's an ex-Giants player. Yeah. Um, and he's not even a high-profile one. N- nothing like Taylor Adams or Trelaw or, you know, some of these other players who've left. Does but- every team in the AFL have a Giants uh, discard or, or like someone that they've shaken out of the Giants? I mean, you, I reckon there'd be a good chance there would be. Do Sydney um, have any players? 
Mm. I can't think of any off the top of my head. They did the reverse switcheroo with Mumford going over, but yeah. I don't know if anyone's crossed back over the Anzac Bridge um, mm. to <laughs> Eastern Sydney. I'm not sure, Millie. I have to have a look. We'll find that one out. For I'll look it up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but we yeah, the other team do. I can't. The other do. team I'm not sure about is West Coast. Anyway, just off the top of my head. Mm, yep, we'll find out later. We will. We'll I'm let gonna, you know I'm next gonna, week. I'm going to edit it in post. Actually, I'm going to give an answer. <laughs> If, right. When we edit this, it'll I'll have an answer for you. <laughs> um, yeah, well, look, it's gonna you can't keep them all, can you? The Giants can't keep all these good players, and who it's knows? Trickle, it's trickle down economics with them. It's just simple, simple mm-hmm. economics merely. Yeah. Um, you got to buy the dips. You got to buy those <laughs> buy those players low and sell them high. <laughs> simple football. Um, yeah, yeah, we are on Giant Watch though, aren't we? And. They've got a another tough one this weekend. They actually have a grand final rematch, so maybe they can, you know, break the spell, get them out of the rut. They've got an opportunity to beat the Tigers this week, potentially. Well, maybe yeah. we should go into our tips now, but um, because Ooh. I think that it could be the moment for it. Because the, for me, this, you know, this this game against the Tigers, we talked about the one against Collingwood two weeks ago being uh, a really important one for the for the Giants. And the fact is, if they keep losing, they're all going to be very important. That's right. And it gets to a point where it's difficult to, to make finals. They're a spot out of the uh, a win out of the eight now. Leon Cameron says they're they're, they're below the the top tier sides. They've got a bit of bit of press uh, a bit of pressure on them. Sorry, now with uh, even I saw Brett Delidio through the week was talking about when they are struggling they um, play like they, a team of individuals or something. Yeah, that's right. And they resort to their own individual talent over playing as a team. And so that's that's interesting to note. Um, because that's what people kind of comment on from outside of the Giants Stadium, the four walls at Giants Stadium. Because it's, <laughs> it's a big, it's a, it's like a fortress. You should see it, Mill. Um, yeah, that's what people talk about. But I don't know. I, to hear it from within the club is new. Exactly. That's right. I haven't. That's it. That's exactly it. So, yeah, it's a, it's interesting, mate. I don't know what they're going to do. Giant watch. It's getting tough for them. If they lose this one. They're going to have to. They're going to have to win more than they can lose. They've, they're u- they're yeah. using up those L's. Well. Taranto back in, very helpful, very good, Massive. good for him. Cornelio had a really good game. Um, Starting to warm up. Yep. Uh, but their contested ball's good, but they're not transitioning it well. They don't have the run uh, going, that, that fabled orange tsunami, nor are they uh, – they've become a, they've become a line to boundary line team, um, and it's not really suiting them. No, the only one that, that seems to be – yeah, the only one that seems to be making field kicks, um, aggressive field kicks, is Lockie Whitfield, and his kicking's been off as well. So the sooner they get, you know, Zach Williams back in the side, the better. Yeah, those two off the halfback are Deadly. sexy. Yeah. Um, and it's not happening yet, is it? Um, but you think that they'll get it together just with the talent on their list. But I don't know. I'm interested to see where they go this weekend. Um, but as you just said before, Mealy, maybe we do you yeah, let's do it and sidestep. Whatever, however, however you want to move into our spin tips. out of trouble and yeah. <laughs> checks balances into the yeah. tips. Sell, sell the little candy, uh, <laughs> fends off the tips. Yeah, all right. Um, uh, this 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 game starts tonight at seven forty up on the Gold Coast. It's the Suns taking on the Dogs um, in a game that I think the Dogs will win. Although, gee, um, the Suns are having some honourable uh, honourable losses when they lose, and then good wins like they did last. Um, sorry. Honourable losses when they lose, like like the week before. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm back on the dogs because I think that the the Giants are going to start to sorry the the Gold Coast are going to start to fall away a little bit. That's right. Um, and good win for them last week against Sydney, thirty two points. Um, and they looked great. That actually was a pretty good game. Quite a good contest. And beating any side by over thirty points is seems to be a bit more difficult this year. Um, also, I might just add right now. Sorry if anyone can hear that drilling. Um, Right there. <laughs> That's coming through. It's very close to my place that I'm recording at, and I hope it's not too annoying. Anyway, I also am tipping the dogs merely. Um, they got no, it's their, oh, worth noting, it's the first primetime slot that the Suns have ever played in. So they've never played, it's only been on a s- Saturdays and Sundays. So they've never had a Friday or a Thursday night game. And here they are, primetime. Thursday night for Well, Welcome to Broadway, Thursday night. Yeah, don't you love that for the Suns? Good on them, rewarded with their good playing style. Um, so we've got, yeah, no Lucky Hunter, 
It's personal reasons. Yeah. What's going on there? We got yeah. a debutant for the dogs. Cody Waitman was awesome last week. Excellent. Great so much first fun. goal. Yeah, and it, uh, what I'm looking forward to this game though. Um, yes, yeah, so as I said, I'm, I'm tipping the dogs. I reckon it'll be close, but there'll be. Um, Tim English played a cracking game of football. Didn't he just? Yeah. He was the difference between uh, the dogs and Essendon as to agreed as to why they won. But this will be a tougher matchup. This will be um, he's up against Jared Wits, so it'll be a battle of wits. English v Wits. How good is your English wit, merely? <laughs> um, we'll find out who has the sharpest, sharpest wit. Yeah, I'm going to need to work hard on some headlines for that game. Yes. Um, next game of the round, Friday, 24th of July, Giant Stadium. It's uh, the game we've just been talking about. The Giants taking on the Tigers in... Yeah, it's getting um, getting a little scary for the Giants. Um, I'm going to back the Tigers because of form. I think the Giants' form is going the right direction, but it's not there yet. Um, whereas Richmond were pretty much back to their best last week, even with um, you know the injuries and, and the outs they've got at the moment. Yeah, they were good. They had a lot of um, you know younger players, newer players that came in. Egmolest Smith. Yeah. He, he, he really filled that Bashahuli role. Didn't he? So clean. Such a great user of the ball. Yeah, and these, these players came in and just played their role, didn't they? Shy Bolton was good through the midfield. Um, they were starting to look, yeah, more like the Richmond of old, much like West Coast in, in, in terms of quality teams that haven't been great that are starting to look better. Uh, unfortunately, the Tigers are as well. But merely, I'm, I'm giving them one more shot, my friend. It's I'm giving the Giants one more shot, and I'm going to tip them in the grand final rematch. They really need to win. So I hope they treat it like a grand final because if they don't, they, they, they might. it's going to start to get tough to, to make finals. So they've had two losses in a row, and the Tigers have had three wins in a row. Let's see what they can do. Yeah. Turn it around. Hopefully, I Toby want, Green's I want back. the Giants to win. Just to be clear, I, I do. Um, sure. But I, yeah, and it, it, this, it being the grand final rematch, especially and at home, and the way that they were beaten last year, they've really got to come out and do it. But I just, I worry because I think that the Tigers are going to take that psychological edge into the game as well. And don't know. I guess I guess we'll learn a lot about the Giants this week. See if those younger players can back it up as well from the Tigers because they did it Hell last yeah, week true. against a lesser opposition. Mm-hmm. See how they go uh, this week against the Giants. They're no North the- Melbourne who beat the Giants. <laughs> 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 hmm. Hmm. Can I um, well, take my tip? Uh, it's also funny. Uh, just a little side diversion here. Um, I like fun. Give me some fun. Yeah, right? Huh? Uh, preseason, um, like the big solid block... Uh, that normally happens, obviously it happened, but then they had the time off. It's only now that we've been back for, they had two weeks, I think, or three weeks before the season resumed. Um, and then it's been six weeks to now. I, I'm not surprised that teams haven't been playing their best football till now, or there are certain teams that haven't clicked till now. Cause they yeah. just finished their preseason. Just finished basically. Their pre-season. This basically. is round one. Okay. So this week's off. round one. Round one. I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> round one. Let's go. Let's Start things off. Tigers are a good team. The reigning premiers, they're ready to go. They've had a good preseason and, yeah, they're playing the Giants in a grand final rematch in round Ooh, one. Who'd hot stuff. Who would have thought? It's a really good point, Millie. It's, it's, you're right. And, and we mentioned this about the state of the game chat last week or the week before when we were just wanting everyone to simmer a little bit. And I know I've been yeah. roasting the umpires a bit at the, the top of this pod, but we were, you know, it's we're d- during a pandemic. Things are... It's an unprecedented season, Emil. And, of course, the players weren't in their finest form. They haven't had crowds. They haven't been training. They haven't been able to do full contact, all these things. So, of course, the game hasn't looked as sharp as it's been in previous years. But round one this weekend, everyone's ready to go. And I hope the Giants get up, my my man. Hell, yeah. Saturday at 1.05, it's the Kangaroos and the Blues in in a game that, you know, the bookmakers say is... um, Quite a big... Pop it in the book. Yeah, pop it in the book for the Blues, according to them. But I have been looking at our form line versus the Kangas. Um, it's pretty painful for us over the past mm, five iterations. Um, we haven't won a game against them in, yeah, since at least 2015. So that's, a, that's, quite, a, that's quite a block, five games in a row. Um, but I will say, Mealy, and I can, see, I can see you sweating on this one. You know, oh, yeah. as a Blues fan, you don't know what to do. You're torn up. Much like I was last week when we played Adelaide at, at uh, 
at a place where we've never won against a team where we don't match up well against. But this is the year to break those hoodoos, right? Well, I think we need a hoodoo guru to break our voodoo. Yeah. I literally, that was exactly what I was going to say. And I just, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky podcast voodoo. When, when you do, right? Well, I think yeah. this. Find yourself a hoodoo guru to break that spooky podcast voodoo, and I and then I I think you'll get the dub. And you look, I can maybe we can be the source of the um <laughs> the hoodoo guru. <laughs> Another VO warm uh, voiceover warm up we've got there from this podcast. Merely. Not even if, the headlines yet. Yeah, I haven't even got to the headlines. If, if that that's our lasting legacy f- for me, it'll be all of the um the great vocal warm ups we've got from doing this pod. Um, mate, I, I oh sorry, you didn't even say your tip. Who, hey, what are you thinking? Tipping the blues, uh, tipping the blues, but feeling very nervous. Fair enough. I feel you. I'm also tipping the, the blues, aware of the form that you guys have had. But my man, no Cunnington, no North. Also, that's what I hear. No, no Zebel either. So that's, yeah, even, and that's even worse. Or did, not even um, worse, sorry, but it's, did it Zerha makes it worse. get injured as well? He did. No Zerha. Yeah. That's like, that is taking Taron out. Thomas is injured. Yeah, that's uh, so. Taking out class, you're taking out. If you take out Zerbal, Zerbal, <laughs> you Zerbal. like Zerbal, Zerbal. If, if you take out Cunnington, Zebel, and Zerha, you're taking out about 300 kilos of grunt in that. <laughs> and that's a lot of weight. And I know you yeah. can replace it with yeah, Ed Vickers, Willis's of the world, and, yeah. or Ben Brown's hair. <laughs> you could replace it with Ben Brown's hair. But Ben Brown's hair's all over the show at the moment, much like his side. Um, mm. Yeah, I think you guys will you guys will get up. Um, last week will be a stinger, but gee, North are pretty dire at the moment. They're pretty unwatchable, aren't they? North and Hawthorne, they are, are the, but other two most unwatchable sides at the minute. Yeah, for some reason they love uh, coming up against us. So uh, yeah, very nervous, but go Blues, go Blues. All right, um, next game of the round is uh, 3.30 at the SCG. It's the Swans taking on the Hawks in an, uh, in a birdie derby. A once um, great rivalry too, the birdie yeah. derby. Well, it's is this like um is this a Battle of the Bridge part two, considering we've had the Homebush Hawks and the taking on the Swans? Of course. They've basically yeah. relocated across the Anzac Bridge to Homebush. That's right. And then they've caught an easterly uh, wind to over to the eastern <laughs> suburbs, eastern suburbs, yeah. To the SCG <laughs> to attack some um, some swans, um, yeah. Swoop the, on the swans, as, yeah. They're not as aerial, so maybe um, maybe it'll be one in the air. Will the hawks take could, the ball at the highest well, point, Emil? It's interesting you say that because I believe it will be one in the air, but uh, there is some height issues at the swans. I think there is some height issues at the swans. They're getting back Sam Reed likely Swan this Reed, week, and yes. Swan Reed, yeah, sure. And Tom McQuacken was back in last week, um, <laughs> so that's good. Uh, but they don't have a Ruckman still. Uh, they're playing Alir Alir as, as the main Ruckman at the moment, and um, the Hawks have you know quite a good Ruckman, and I expect them to. I expect them to do it. I don't, I don't, they're not playing well, but they should have the Swans covered only because of injury. If they had Kennedy and Heaney and Naismith back, then I might start to um, question that. But because of the injuries, I, I can't pick the Swans. And yeah, that's really it. I don't, can't pick the Swans more so than thinking that Hawthorne are going to take it away. That's right. Yeah, I know. It's um they barely have a team together. That was pretty much my logic as well with last week with the goal, with the GC. But I rate the GC higher than uh, the HFC. Um, <laughs> look, I uh, I don't know Emil, but I I do, and I look. I said I know a lot about football this week. Not much last week, a lot this week. So probably next week I won't know much because I'm gonna chip Sydney. Okay. Because I just Hawthorne are just terrible, and at least Sydney are trying. At least Sydney are cracking in and trying to trying to kick goals. They're trying to play a bit more of an exciting brand of football um, with their seconds team that they have at the moment. A bunch of signets, the Neefel Hall, <laughs> the bunches. The, yes, yeah. love it. The I don't know what signets. A, I don't know what a baby hawk is called. Ah, uh, um, what's an old hawk called? Maybe that's uh, more appropriate. Yeah, true. That's right. Um, a bald eagle. Uh, a bald eagle. <laughs> a bald hawk. <laughs> Yeah, something. Um, a has-been hawk, yeah. <laughs> the hazmat hawks, uh, uh, if they're based in Vic. Hey, mm, yeah, I think Sydney... Uh, look, those hawks haven't kicked over 50 points for three weeks. 
you, you got to kick a winning score. Uh, maybe it'll be a 46-45 kind of situation. An 0-9 Ross Lyon uh, oh, team. Uh, champagne football, yeah. Some champagne footy. Um, Sydney, let's see. All right. Um, uh, 7.40 at the Adelaide Oval. It's Port taken on the Saners. This is going to be game of the round, or maybe it looks at it, looks like it from this point, this time. I don't know. Giants, Giants, Tigers. Neither team have been playing fantastically well, so I don't expect that to be like super exciting. But both Port and St Kilda, they're probably both in the top three scoring sides for this season. I would yeah. say. Yep. I know. Yeah. Playing um, good footy. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah, moving the ball, very attacking, um, both teams. Um, and I, I'm going to pick the port. And I've, uh, the only reason I'm going to do this is uh, there's two words for it Charlie Dixon. Yep. That's it. That's all you need. That's all, yeah. That's all you need. And I've got three words for you as well as to why I'm tipping port. Yep. Noise of affirmation. Ah, yeah. No, it's, it's not the, the, the hoodoo's thing. off the back. True. You we, lost we the voodoo. got rid of that voodoo. See you later, yeah. hoodoo. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I, <laughs> what else rhymes with that? I think that um, I don't think it's just the noise of affirmation. I think Porter are just a slightly better team. And Big Dicks yeah. uh, is doing well. Um, Big Dicks energy out the front there. You can't stop him unless uh, Howard, the Big Dougal Howard, the Big D Howard can, yeah. um, can I don't know, influence that. I think it will be very difficult. I'm not sure how we're going to go. I think Port will win. Yeah, regardless of where where it's at, I reckon it would be it'd be tough. Even though we yeah we've broken that hoodoo, we still this is still our only game we've won in Adelaide Oval last week. Totally. And now we were playing the bottom side, and we kind of got through with an all right win. And now we're playing the top side at the same venue, whose home ground it is. So that is going to be difficult. I, I just think they're a slightly better team, and yeah, I, I don't feel super nervous about it. I'm glad we got the the win last week, but Port Port are a good side. I'd love it if we beat them, but I reckon they'll win there. Well, Port. Have always barracked uh, the supporters um, at Port Adelaide have always barracked uh, differently to the Adelaide supporters. Um, let alone when their team's on top of the ladder. Let alone it's the first home game back there since the the showdown. Um, they're going to be feral and ferocious, and yep. I think that it yeah I'm, I'm hostile. I'm, I think Brett hostile as yeah. yeah. And so you know it's good good for the Saints to try and back it up again in the yeah, same venue challenge. the next week. Absolutely, but I, I yeah. I think That's right. might, might get over him. Yep. Um, Crows versus uh, Essendon, same venue, next day, 105, Sunday. Um, yeah, Essendon will bounce back, I reckon, although I think I'd be very nervous if I was uh, rich, uh, an Essendon supporter. I think any team going over to play Adelaide at the moment, the Adelaide Oval, should be nervous because it's not going to be – it won't be long until they break their duck. Yeah, you're on – you're reading my mind merely because I might be going too early, but I'm calling it this week. I think it's this week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I can see that for sure. I, I flirted with that idea. Absolutely. And you know me, I'm a big flirt and sometimes I follow through. And Why do you think I started case, the podcast with you? <laughs> yeah. Just for flirty chats every week. Cute footy chats. I never even liked footy before this. Neither. Emil and I actually don't watch a lot of football. This is just so we can chat to each other on Skype. Um, <laughs> have, yeah, have a mask exception, uh, a masculine acceptable reason to talk. Yeah, that's right. It's good. We can't just <laughs> call can't each just other up, up and see how and we're talk. feeling. We use it no. through a vessel of football because we're stupid. Um, yeah, Emil, I'm calling it this week, and I think the crows. You know, they look. You going the shit. early crow? I'm going the early crow, and I hope they get the 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 worm, the uh, the s mm, the s and um, s and um, the danky yeah. I hope they win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about that? How about I, that? I think that um, playing, I saw glimpses. That's what I say. I saw glimpses yes. of it last week of, yes. of Adelaide getting a little taste, starting to get it together. Of course, as we reiterate, it's round one this weekend, so anything can happen. Preseason's over. This is where yeah. the real footy begins. And the Crows at home have never been an easy beat. Essendon, they're looking pretty good. I, I like Essendon playing, you know, flying along below the radar. Had a loss to the Dogs last week, which they, you know... Well, it was all to keep them below the radar. That's my Exactly. It was part of the plan. It's part of the plan. Stealth Bombers. So's a little loss to Adelaide. It seems like a weird one. No, 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 no. I disagree. I think (laughs) it puts them in the spotlight. I know. It is a weird one. The radar (laughs) starts to ping. That's true. That is true. Going with that narrative, it should very much be a win to Essendon just to kind of get it done. But, mate, I think it's tough. 
Tw- yeah. Uh, 24,750 crows. I can only <laughs> assume there'll be that many of them again. And they're going to love to try and give it to the Dons. And yeah. Let's see if they can. If the Dons hadn't won... Oh, sorry, if the Dons hadn't lost last week, then I would be backing the Crows. But because they lost last week, I'm, I'm going to back them to respond. It's good logic, but I'm breaking it. Also because Crows are on the bottom of the ladder and they suck. Yeah, they haven't won a game. No. <laughs> um, okay, next Sunday game. Uh, this is before... Yeah, next Sunday game. Um, oh, I lost my page. Here we go. West Coast Eagles taking on Collingwood at Optus Stadium. This is the other contender for game of the round. Um and I'm backing the Weagles. Uh, noise of affirmation, partly, but all, but mostly because uh, the Eagles' backline really started to show some signs of that kind of West Coast wall that we saw in 2018. Oh, sorry, 19, 18, uh, 18, um, yep. 18. And so I think that Collingwood's struggles up forward, um, especially without Dugowie, um are, are real, and therefore I'm going to back the Weagles. Yeah, me too, bud. They're warming up nicely, playing at home. They like playing at Optus in front of all their fans. Uh, they've got the rivalry, of course, from 2018. I think um, you mentioned the back line there starting to gel nicely. And at the other end of the ground, they're starting to do the same thing. Kennedy and Darling were looked good last week. They did. They, I, I love... Jack, Jack Darling doesn't get enough praise, I don't think. I think... Um, He's the way he moves around. Just, he's just he's like he's a big unit, and there's the black times belt. When, this is why, right? Because he's a yeah. fucking black belt, and he knows how to use his body. But it just looks hilarious when massive men use their body in a trained way. That's not a bit gracefully, eh? He's quite graceful, yeah. and he'll fall to the yeah. ground, and he's able. He's he just in quite quite in control. It's it's pretty awesome to see. And when he's really on, he's just one of the best. And he's also, and that's, and he's second fiddle to Kennedy. So, <clears throat> um, they're looking good. They're looking pretty good, and uh, as I don't even remember the teary eagles of um, the preseason, we can call it <laughs> these previous rounds. <laughs> They're now just looking great, and they play at home forever. And Collingwood are without to go, as you said. They got no how, no Jeremy Howe. That's that's tough against a powerful West Coast forward line. Picking the Eagles, my friend. At Optus Stadium, no, sorry, at Metricon Stadium. Um, Melbourne taking on Brisbane. That's our twilight game on Sunday, uh, six ten p.m. Um, yeah, I this is a, this one I found a bit tough to tip. My my heart, my head said lions, but my heart said demons, and I'm picking the demons because I was so damn impressed with them last week that I just have a feeling that they're going to keep that momentum going and get a bit of a roll on. If they get a dub, if they beat the lions, people will start to. Take note. That's they're back in town. Well, not in Melbourne town, of course. No. <laughs> <laughs> the second wave has hit Queensland. Yeah, they're, <laughs> um, they're not back in town, but they're in football town in Queensland. And yeah, if they win that, that's huge. Um, it's at it's at Metricon, as you said. So it's not at the Gabba, which is a tick for 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 Melbourne. Um, that would be even harder. But I think this also this is my sneaky tip for game of the round. Could be a real cracker. Um, I think that the Lions will just win, but Melbourne, yeah, looking good, starting to warm up nicely for round one. Just their ability to win it at the contest and then keep possession of it and use it and spread. I mean, I know that Brisbane have a good midfield, but now that the Demons midfield is getting some traction and is a bit up and about, they're just they're bigger. They're a lot bigger than um, the Lions, and they've got the best Ruckman best ruck, yep. potentially in it. Um, if not the best, then the second best. So, yeah, yeah, that's why I'm going them. And a good tap Ruckman for um, for the aforementioned midfielders. So if you can get first get first use of the ball, it'll go a long way. It's one in the midfield, merely. Yeah, this one will be. One in um, the midfield. And on Monday, Monday night, um, 8.10, it's over in Perth. It's Fremantle taking on Geelong. Um, and I'm going to back the Cats. Me too. Frio at home without Fife, which is tough. The Cats without Selwood and Ablett, but they have Duncan, Mitch Duncan in and Tom Stewart in who are good ins. And maybe, who knows, I don't know where this guy's at, but it could be a chance to see uh, Charlie Constable. He's, he's a good player for, for Geelong, young player. He just hasn't been getting many games. He was like a pick 20-something. Yeah. I think really he's Mick Moldhouse's nephew. Oh, really? Yeah. Seems right. Mick <laughs> Moldhouse would have a nephew with the name Constable. Oh, God. God. <laughs> 
Charlie Constable. Constable Where Charlie. You, well, if That'd he's Mick Mulhouse's... He's, he's a corrupt cop if you ever met a Constable Charlie, right? Yeah. I heard he got this, cop. I heard he got the stable from um, his, one side of the family, but he got the cont from uh, the Mulhouse side. From the Mulhouse side. The the family, side. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Also got the Charlie from him as well. <laughs> Big coke addict. Um, yeah, I think the cats will win as well over there. Um, and they'll bounce back. Ooh. Right on. Okay, that's our tips. Um, now, often at this point in the show, we'll go into a history segment. And we had a really fucking wonderful uh, write-up submitted to the show by a good friend of the pod, Alex Mansell, who uh, we've been talking a, a little while now about doing a feature on all of Collingwood's uh, missteps, shall we say, um, in the in the modern uh, Olympic Park, Swan Street era, post-Victoria uh, Park for them. And he's written a wonderful article, but we're going to wait till um, Collingwood have a massive off-field indiscretion so that's relevant. So we'll be bringing that to you next week. <laughs> yeah, but next week going to be there. <laughs> um, one more oh, thing as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, no, no. I was just going to say on Collingwood, I found it, and I know that I've, I've spoken to people who also found it very uncomfortable, um, mm. the way that the media dealt with the Dugowie issue during the week. Um, I'm not like I'm, I obviously don't have any sort of criminal background or or anything like that. Um, so I think that you know if he's if he's able to be playing, then 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 so be it. But I just thought that maybe toning back the adoration for those praise. five goals he kicked and the praise is probably for the best. Like you got to you got to talk about it because it's part of what happened in the game. Mm. Um, and I'm not here to argue or not whether or not he should be playing. Um, but I think that the way we talk about his impact and how well he played in the game, given that. It'll be pretty. I mean, I found it really difficult to hear, honestly, and and it's like I'm just I have no history in in that area, so I have no reason to to feel particularly great. But I think a lot of people will be in a similar boat, and I think that yeah, obviously the Bruce McAvaney diminishing by calling it a hiccup. It's good that he came back out and um, apologized for that, but it is indicative of the general vibe from the footy media um even listening to the could have been champions the next day on on the saturday morning they sang a couple of songs about the goey i just it just felt completely tone deaf not from a musical point of view sounded great harmonies but in in terms of actual um whether it's the right thing to do it felt really wrong to me yeah i don't, I don't have a lot to add because i think you've hit the nail on the head there um and i just know anecdotally well when i was watching the game and speaking about this with my partner um, about Jordan Dugowie, she was felt uncomfortable, you know, watching this this player who's up for, who has these charges laid against them, and and then just hearing the adoration from the commentary team, it really felt off. Um, and just hearing her reaction and seeing her reaction was was something to note. But yeah, it's a it's a boys' club there, Mealy. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, hey, so we've got um. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. One no, more no, no. thing. Yeah, please. The festival of football. It is a festival of football, isn't it? My goodness. I don't know if you were going to say it just then. You might have been. I might have just cut you off to say the same thing. But that's well, that's not where I was going. But I'm glad you brought it up because uh, it is the perfect tonic for a, a bit of a lockdown situation in Melbourne, especially. It is, and just worth noting. We don't have to go too much into it because there is a billion games in. 10 days yeah we're, we're <laughs> totally we're, we're looking at how we uh, release and record and trying to add more shows in between um between the games uh in the next little period but it's it's tricky because one round ends on sunday the other one starts on monday i don't know if you've got any thoughts about what you might want to listen to uh and whether or not you listen to two a week if we did two a week for the next you know for the festival of football yeah it's a um, time. that'd be cool to know because that's that's what we're kind of thinking we're thinking about an early week one like a monday and then and then and then the normal kind of thursday like we have been doing um fuck i'm excited though Mark. yeah Everybody dude night. It's, it's actually so we're so fortunate that this is um that this is on um and that we're able to indulge and particularly for for you and for all of our friends and fam in melbourne who are into the game it's just a great distraction. It's just so we're so we're lucky that it's on, and you look around the world still. And there's not many uh, sporting leagues going ahead. So to that's have why the that's something sorry. Like this. Oh, yeah, no, that's, it's, that's it's, yeah. 
That's why the criticism really stings me, you know? That's why the criticism... And we've talked about this on the show before, but that's why it really makes me upset. Yeah. Um, the level of criticism that is uh, leveled at the game or at players or umpires or, you know, about the travel. So are you, like, you know how fortunate we are that we're yeah, still able to have gratitude. the competition, have the distraction, that we can still play it in a safe way? Thank you, AFL, for organising this and being yeah. able to push through. Thank you to the Queensland government and the other state governments who have um, who have been able to work with them and... and even even places that are not willing to let them in in terms of without the quarantine, that's fine too. Like just the way that it's all happened is I'm so glad that we've been able to keep some sort of footy going. Didn't oh, Like you said fortunate. at the top of our season this season, Bart, didn't know how much I needed it until it went yeah, away. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And when, when round two came in, when we got to <clears throat> watch some more football again, it was, oh, it was a blessing, wasn't it? It's been so nice. Um, who am I if not for a football fan, Emil? Um I'm just some guy. But yeah, it's it's awesome. I can't wait. And I guess we can cover this as it kind of goes on. There's all this fix there's the fixture now and you know, we could comment on who's got the tough fixture and what's going on and Collingwood and have the tough fixture. Collingwood have the tough fixture. They do too. Which is great. Yeah. Suck on that. Enjoy yeah. going. The team away that never forwards. travels, you can travel three times in four games and going to state a lot. That's fine. There you go. That's that's the uh, case for all of the other clubs that aren't Victorian-based and particularly Collingwood and Richmond who never travel. So good. I'm glad they're getting that. Um, but it's going to be cool, isn't it? It's going to be really interesting and a lot of things will get thrown up in all of these short turnarounds. You know, I know just through knowing St Kilda's fixture more than others that we have a Thursday night game followed by a Monday game four days later. You know, three nights sleep between games of footy. It's it's going to be really interesting and exciting. And thank you again, as you said, Mealy. We're very lucky to have football. So Hell send yeah. those blessings up. I think it can be good for teams too. That kind of it can galvanise. Adversity can galvanise, and um, long may it continue to do that in our great game. Um, one last thing. I've got a little article I'd like to read. Um. It's just a little bit more, a little bit of history, I guess. Um, it's not a big story; it's just a bit more, a bit, bit of information about Tom Wills that I didn't know, and I thought you might be interested in, in hearing that as well. Absolutely. Um, and now, for our listeners who don't remember Tom Wills or who don't know Tom Wills, because we've covered him in one of your history segments last season. Yeah, he's come up twice, I reckon, in both the formation of uh, AFL, but also in the history of the Melbourne Footy Club. Yes. So he's grandpuppy, great great grandpuppy football, as I call him, Papa football, <laughs> puppy football, the, puppy football. Yeah, yeah. Puppy he was one of the original um, rule writers of the game, and 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 a, a big sporting figure um, of of our great game and great city. Just a quick warning on this segment: uh, it does contain reference to suicide and self harm. So. If uh, you'd rather not listen to that, then um, now's probably a good time to jump out. Mm-hmm. All right. So this article is by Martin Flanagan. It appeared in The Age uh, on October 24th, 2018. Um, in terms of this segment as well, I just just, just as a quick side note, um, I think that I'm going to try and expand it to be not only the history that I write and that we research and, and, and work on, but also a bit of a celebration of good footy stories and good footy writing. So if we come across great articles, then I think that's a, a worthy thing to do. And please send them through as well. We've had some a really good uptick in um, friends and listeners sending uh, through stuff to us as well, articles or something interesting that they think is great or they want us to talk about. And yeah, if you, if you have something you want to send in, please send it to AF Eloquence on Instagram or afeloquence at gmail.com on our email because uh, we really appreciate it. And yeah, I fully agree, Millie. We've had some crackers come through. What do you got for us here? Why Tom Wills deserves greater recognition. Tom Wills enters your life like a ghost and haunts you. His power comes from the fact that he straddles the most fundamental fault line in the Australian psyche. The contemporary idea of heroes basically comes from Hollywood. We think of heroes as good guys. Indeed, it is often not enough for them to be good guys. We want them to be perfect. The older idea, shared by the ancient Greeks and Aboriginal and Irish dream times, was that heroes can be as complex as human nature. Ultimately, what distinguishes them and determines their ability to travel through time is the power of their stories. In his time, 1835 to 1880, Wills's critics saw him as a selfish, temperamental, immature, bad sport, gambler and a drunkard. 
But as much as his detractors then and now may wish it otherwise, Tom Wills' story has undeniable power. He grew up in Moyston, outside Ararat, playing with the local Aboriginal kids, the Tapurong, oh sorry, Japurong. He knew Japurong's songs and dances, played their games, could speak their language and took a cachet of weapons when he was shipped off to the rugby school in England at the age of 15. Wouldn't happen nowadays. Oh, wow. Good luck yeah. getting those ones through quarantine, through security. Yeah, good luck. It's my cachet of weapons. <laughs> so do you have a belt on or shoes, a steel cap? Oh, is it this? Ching. Yeah. <laughs> yes, come um, on. Um, in 1861, his father was killed by Aborigines in Queensland in the biggest massacre of whites by blacks in Australia's history. Perhaps 10 times as many blacks died, though, in the, re- in the retributive raids that followed that sounds very white to do yeah. that yeah 10 times oh cool retribution times 10 tenfold yeah great oh, work yeah. Oh. <laughs> um five years later at the mcg tom wills stood down oh, sorry five years later at the mcg tom wills stood as captain of the australian native 11 alongside his aboriginal teammates for one of the most dramatic team photos in sporting history now this is a guy whose father was killed in Queensland by mm. Indigenous Australians. And then five years later, there he is with the Australian Native 11, which at the time was incredibly, like, even controversial that it existed. That's incredible. That is incredible. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm, this is kind of, this, that's some regular West Side Story shit right there, Amelia. And I say this because I watched West Side Story last night, but if someone killed my, my brother, my sister, if my lover killed my... Um, one of my family members, it'd be tough, Millie. It'd be tough to, to find that peace and love in my heart. But obviously Tom Wills is a, a better person than I. Well, we can say unequivocally, like with that, that he's able to see that, you know, Bigger one pitch. group in indigenous, of indigenous Australians up in Queensland is not the same as all Indigenous Australians all over the, the country and, and, and that it's an individual thing and, and probably the system too. But, I mean, I don't Absolutely. want to put words in his mouth, but the fact that he was there. and From and beyond working, the grave. Yeah. Um, making sense of Tom Will's life is a daunting task, one that was probably beyond Tom himself, as he committed suicide at 44 and was buried in an unmarked grave. Oh, wow. Oh, gee. Yeah, I didn't know that until... That's I horrible. This. I didn't... I'd, that's horrible. I'd, I think I'd e- looked him up. even researching the last article, I think I skimmed over that or didn't read it or something. I couldn't remember it from, from last time. Well, I wondered... I, at, I at certainly didn't 45, present it. Yeah. 45 or 44. 44. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought when you read it initially in the 1800s, 35 to uh, 80, 30, uh, 1880, that it must have just been a sign of the times, Amelia. No, no. no. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, he along the way he revolutionised Victorian cricket, and in so far as just casually, the, just, just casually, casually, just as casually, well, casually along the way, in passing. Yeah, the other sport that you all love. I'm going to make what, that even better as well. And invent the, and invent <laughs> the best it. game ever. Yeah, yeah. In tandem with the Australia's First Nations people. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Codify the best name game ever. Right. Mangrook. Mangrook AFL. Yeah, Australia's game. Um, yeah, so along the way he revolutionised Victorian cricket and insofar as any individual can be said to have invented Aussie rules football, he is that individual. My first attempt, this is fun again, obviously. My first attempt to write about Tom Wills, titled The Call, was billed as a novel. It was a novel with a difference because there was a lot about the central character left unexplained. I proceeded on the basis that Tom was a white fellow whose life had been influenced by Aboriginal culture, but the critical question was, how deeply had his life been influenced by Aboriginal culture? In 2006, when director Bruce Miles staged an adaptation of The Call at the Playhouse Theatre, this is, uh, so this is crossing both of our Venn diagrams. Hey, yeah, yeah. Piqued my interest. Yeah. Um, the first question asked by the Aboriginal dancer, now deceased, at the initial reading of the script was, did Tom go through law? That is, was he initiated? The question was referred to me. Of course, I didn't know the answer. What do I, uh, what I do know from reading his father's diaries is that after Tom went to rugby, the Jabberong elders sent a young man to Tom Will's mansion to ask when Tom was coming home again. They clearly had some trust and confidence in him. Or a need of him, perhaps, as a messenger between the two cultures. As a novelist, you're expected to provide answers to question like, questions like, did 
Why did Tom Wills coach the Aboriginal cricket team five years after his father was killed by Aborigines? Again, I couldn't say. I just knew a few facts which may or may not be relevant. Rugby school, when he was there, taught a creed called muscular Christianity. He was in a religious delirium when he died. Did he have a religious motive? Or was he a professional sportsman in need of a gig and this was a contract he could fulfil? He played with Aboriginal people before, and maybe he had the Aboriginal view that blaming a Victorian Aboriginal man for a murder committed in Queensland is like blaming a Sicilian for a murder committed on the other end of Europe. So that's how I wrote the book. I drew the parts of the picture I could see and left the reader to make up their own minds from the other information I supplied. Part of what makes Tom Wills so fascinating is that you can never get to the end of his story. I'm not sure we can ever know him. I've met whitefellas who can speak an Aboriginal language, but I've never met one who grew up as he did, knowing the Aboriginal language and Aboriginal creation stories for the place he was from, knowing them as a natural part of his boyhood. The only character in my, in any way, similar would be the controversial anthropologist Ted Stredlow, another fascinating and uniquely Australian story. About five years ago, I joined a group determined to get Tom Wills onto the silver screen in the belief that only film or TV could elevate the character to the degree of national recognition he deserved. I wrote the treatment. This was the first time in writing about Tom Wills that I, ha- that I handed the ingredients of the story over to my imagination. We didn't get the film up, as they say in the industry. The responses were uniformly depressing. Commercial networks that the story was too dark, given the violent nature of his end. But his suicide wasn't to be the end of the film. That was Walpuri man Liam Jarrah taking the 2010 AFL Mark of the Year, a celebration of this uniquely Australian game in which Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people have found some sort of balance. As a small act of cultural defiance, a member of our group, Tom Thompson, has taken it upon himself to publish my treatment as a small book titled The Tom Wills Picture Show. The treatment has 58 scenes, each of which is written as a picture and is illustrated with contemporary photographs. A light read. It'll take you about too long. Uh, it'll take you as... A light read, it'll take you about as long to read as it would take to watch the film. So, that is that article. Um, and I've ordered myself a, a copy of the Tom Wheels Picture Show and I look forward to giving my report. Hey, awesome. That's so good. Um, thank you, dude. What a great article. And beautifully read, I may say. I was ah, thank captivated, you. man. What a... Um, um, yeah, what an amazing man. What an amazing time. I, I, I look forward to hearing um, this picture show, merely. I can't wait. I really, um, yeah, I really want to read it. Obviously, both got an interest in um, in drama, and I also work in the film industry, so it's kind of cool to to hear that so many of these boxes have been ticked for my interest levels. You know, entertainment and footy and maybe storytelling. The, maybe this will be our big return to uh, to the stage, merely when uh, <sighs> when things simmer down. We'll put on the Tom Wills show or the uh, whatever. Bart Welch as Tom Wills, <laughs> dashing half back. Um, mm. yeah, right. Bring it back. You and right. I, um, hmm. well, that's Funny. that. Yeah. Football. Don't we yeah. love it? Don't we love it? We do love it. Fuck we yeah. Lo- Another we weekend. We've got a whole festival coming up. Hell yeah. It's Thursday night. Football's on in five hours. This is going to be get up. Around it. No time. We're oh, we're getting right around it. Oh, hell um, yeah. Uh, mate, thanks again. Thanks listeners. We love y'all. We do love you. Um, we see be you. in touch. You hit us up. Uh, you know the you know the addresses. Uh, keep keep enjoying the footy. Look after yourself. Stay inside. Wear a fucking mask and and be kind. I'm into that. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> I might even might even might even ended on your be kind. That's nice. Be kind. <laughs>